Welcome to A History of the Inca. Episode 11, Questions. Welcome everyone. I hope you're all doing very well, especially as it's already December and thus the holiday season. Or in some case, some people have already started the holiday season weeks ago. Anyways, wow, where did the year go? This episode is meant for answering questions I've received about the show. Fortunately, we've had enough questions to make this episode worthwhile. Many of these questions were submitted in the recent weeks, and they were submitted primarily through Twitter at Inca Podcast and email IncaPodcast at gmail.com. I did pull a few questions from earlier on in the show. I figured if they were asked, someone else might have the same question as well. So what I did was categorize the questions into three categories. Questions about the Inca, or anything of the earlier groups that we've covered. Questions about the show itself. And finally, personal questions. To make things convenient, that is the order that we'll cover the questions in as well. So without further ado, let's get started. Our first question comes to us from Twitter, at Phil Raymond FH. He said, I wanted to ask you about the many myths slash legends about Cusco's origins. I once read that Manco Capac decided that he would start his realm from the point where his staff sank easily into the earth. He found that place in Cusco, and so settled there. However, I've seen a bunch of other legends about the origins. What's your opinion on the staff story? Is it a popular or famous one? That is the most popular creation myth, I would say. So Viracocha gave the staff to, or scepter to Manco with the order of not settling until it sank deep into the earth, showing that the spot was fertile. Some myths tell of the Andes being flooded, which was clearly, or has a clear Christian agenda, and was added after the Spanish contact. Yet, there are other myths out there about the Inca origins as well. There is one where other people exited the caves with the Inca. These people were clothes different than the Inca. They were less elegant, and they didn't have the golden spindles in their ears like the Inca had. The people are believed to be what is called, or what has been become known as, the Inca of Privilege. They were a status lower than the Inca, but could still hold administrative positions within the empire. The Inca of Privilege were really the ethnic groups that surrounded Cusco and made up the heartland of the empire. Several reliable stories leave the Inca of Privilege out of the origin story, and so I've left that out in my telling. However, as they played an important part, I still plan on talking about the Inca of Privilege in another point of the podcast. Just a quick aside, at Phil Raymond FH actually reached out to me to answer some questions about a historical fiction piece he is writing about the Inca. As someone who created this podcast, I want to show support for other creators out there, especially those who raise interest in the Inca. The first part of his story, The Spanish Conquest of Peru, Part 1, is out now, and I've posted a link in the description of this episode to that page. I'm not receiving any payment or anything by mentioning his work, 
I just want to promote an interest in the Inca and their culture. So if you like historical fiction, go and check that out. All right, getting back on track, we have a question from Tyler O, who asks, How does the site of Machu Picchu fit into the Inca's history? I will be traveling there in February and would love to hear more about it. I was afraid I'd be hit with a Machu Picchu question, which isn't a bad thing. However, as I intend to spend at least one whole episode on the site, as well as possibly create some other side projects for it, this answer might not be as detailed as you were hoping. Luckily, there is plenty out there on Machu Picchu, so if you're unsatisfied with my following answer, you should be able to find what you're looking for. The citadel of Machu Picchu, better known as Machu Picchu, sits on a ridge in the sacred valley between the peaks of Machu Picchu and Huanapichu. So the site itself is named after the mountain that's on the southern part of that ridge. The site was actually in a state many believe was built and occupied at times by Pachacuti. We have yet to discuss Inca states in great detail, and I'm not going to here, but they played a very important role in Inca life and politics. They essentially helped the Sapa Inca accrue wealth and power for the political cult that he would leave behind after his death. And since that statement likely created even more questions than answers, I'm going to end the description of what role estates played in the Inca Empire. For now, we will cover it down the road. I should mention that it was common for Sapa Incas to have multiple estates. So in that sense, during the height of the Inca Empire, Machu Picchu was just another estate. That being said, it is much more than just another estate. And what makes it very special is the landscape that it is set in. You are on a high ridge surrounded by mountains. When you go in February, Tyler, and to anyone who goes there in the future, be sure to peer through different windows at the site. Oftentimes they point to certain features in the landscape. These features likely held some significant, possibly religious, meaning. Also take note of the wakas that are in the site itself. There were likely more, but the ones there today are permanent fixtures of the site being that they are hewn from the mountain itself. Some even outline mountain peaks that you see in the distance. And there are a few other areas to trek to to see other features. The Inca Bridge, the Sun Gate, and of course, Huanapichu. Though Huanapichu only has a few tickets available per day, so be sure to get those early if you can. Finally, Machu Picchu, as it turns out, plays a larger role in the landscape itself. However, this can't be appreciated while at the site. Recently discovered Yaktapata to the west actually has a clear view of Machu Picchu. This site has been determined to have been an observatory of Machu Picchu. It is theorized that a large golden disk may have been used to shine light back to Machu Picchu, during important rituals and ceremonies. Thank you very much for your question, Tyler, and I really hope you enjoy your trip to Machu Picchu. Take advantage of every bit of daylight while you're there. You won't be disappointed. Now, moving on to some questions about the show itself. This question comes from Cosman, who said, I'm so happy that I found your podcast. I've developed a recent interest in the history of South America and find it very useful. Do you plan to do an episode on the Norte Chico civilization? 
Thanks, and keep it up. Thanks for the question, Cosman. The short answer is no, or at least not at this time anyways, but maybe in the future? Let me explain. One of the things I was debating when I started this podcast was where I should start. Do I start right at the Inca, or do I start very early and discuss the first people coming to the Andes? I didn't want to start right away with the Inca because I wanted to give their society some context within the larger scope of history in the Andes. I also hesitated at starting with the first humans in the Andes because I know that would turn some listeners away because it would be a very slow start. So I needed to be somewhere in the middle. I picked the Moche, Nazca, Tiwanaku, and Wari because I know they were civilizations or states that people would most likely recognize. I did think about beginning earlier in time and starting with Norte Chico, Chavin, Sikan, etc. However, I was again worried that this build up to the Inca would take way too long for some listeners to endure, so I decided not to cover them. Now, even though the show is moving literally through time, I wouldn't rule out going back to do a few episodes on those cultures. There are pieces of Inca culture uh, that can be traced to these very early groups. I'm not sure if there's enough material to justify a whole episode on each culture like we did with the first uh, four. Although there is some interesting background stories to some of these sites, like uh, the Norte Chico Uh, There's a rivalry between a few archaeologists concerning them, and that would actually probably make for a pretty interesting episode. So in short, I wouldn't rule out going back and covering some of those earlier cultures and civilizations, but I don't plan on doing that at this time. The next question comes from Ol S. Do you have an idea what point of the history of the Inca the podcast stops? As in, do you have a specific end date in mind? Uh, To answer your question, Ol, I do. But I'm not going to reveal it here. That would spoil the ending. However, I can tell you I won't be ending it where many textbooks and histories leave the Inca, namely 1532. That is often the problem with history. We are taught that specific dates define certain beginning and end points. Sometimes that is the case, but more often than not, history is not so clean. The Inca did not suddenly disappear when the Spanish arrived onto the scene, and neither will this podcast. We have a second question from Ol asking, How much are you planning to talk about the religious customs, social classes, everyday life, etc.? I don't know myself how much is actually known about these topics, but it's a matter that would interest me greatly. Well, you're in luck. Fortunately, we know a fair amount about all these things. Thankfully, a few of the Spanish chroniclers were able to observe rituals and interview Inca administrators. There are also some indigenous accounts to go off of as well. The plan is to cover these topics as well as several others in the next season. So definitely something you can look forward to. Now we're on to the last category, personal questions. And there is only one, and it really straddles personal and the show. The question comes once again from Ol. Concerning bibliography, which of the books that you have read for your research do you enjoy the most? 
and which one would you recommend for getting a broad overview of the Inca? Well, that is a really tough question because there is so much that I've read and the topics can vary quite a bit. I will say that some of the items I read for the earlier civilizations were really good because I learned quite a bit. Going into this, I already knew a fair amount about the Inca, but some of their predecessors, not so much. So reading those items was very interesting, at least to me. Archaeological papers and even books can be extremely dry at times. They are meant to convey research and methodology, not really telling a story. However, that doesn't mean there isn't some good information in them. For this category, books by Brian Bauer are quite good. They are packed with information. However, I've recently been reading Monuments of the Inca by John Hemming with pictures by Edward Rennie. There are some amazing photos in this book, and Hemming does a great job describing the layout and architecture of some of the most prominent sites in the Andes. So I encourage you to check that one out. I will also say that reading the Spanish Chroniclers is entertaining as well. Though it can seem like you're reading the same thing over and over when you read as many as I have, they all have some uniqueness to them. Betanzos favors Pachacuti, Cieza de Leon is overall very fair in his representation of the Inca, and at times even criticizes the Spanish. And then you have Bernabe Cobo, who focuses more on customs and religion. I will have to say, though, that Sarmiento de Gamboa is one of my favorites to read. And it isn't that he is necessarily providing anything new. His uh, history is pretty on par with everyone else's, really. But it's his blatant bias that sticks out so much. The purpose of his writing is to delegitimize the Inca rule and justify their overthrow. But man... You don't have to be so obvious about it. I mean, consider this quote where he describes the first Inca, Mako Kapak, and his wife attacking a neighboring group. As the Huelas attempted to defend their lives and properties, many cruelties were committed by Mako Kapak and Mama Oklo. They relate that Mama Oklo was so fierce that having killed one of the Huala Indians, she cut him up, took out the insides, carried the heart and lungs in her mouth, and with an ayunto, which is a stone fastened to a rope, in her hand she attacked the huelas with diabolical resolution. I mean, talk about sending a message. The insults that Gamboa hurls at the Inca are imaginative and a bit comical today, but that certainly was not the intent at the time. In reality, they are a terrible relic from the colonial era, and we can only shake our heads in disbelief at some of his writings. As far as what I would recommend for a general overview of the Inca, that is easy. The Inca by Terence D'Altroy. Both are written by archaeologists, but aren't necessarily research books. They both give an excellent overview of the Inca Empire and are useful for those who have studied the Inca extensively or people completely new to the subject. And with that, we've wrapped up all the questions. Thank you everyone very much for uh, submitting questions for this episode and if anyone has a question in the future please send it my way either through email incapodcast at gmail.com twitter at incapodcast or even our facebook page i do check the facebook periodically 
but the first two options even more so. Before I go, I just want to say thank you all for listening to this podcast. I didn't know what to expect when I began the show, and the support that I've received from many of you has been amazing. It has been a very busy year for me and my family with the addition of our son, to moving, to our new house, to my wife starting a new job. This year has been crazy. Thank you all for sticking with the show, especially since I'm completely new to podcasting and the schedule isn't exactly as regular as some other shows out there. With that being said, just as a reminder, there is not a planned episode in January. I'll be using this next I will be using the next several weeks for researching and writing. I will say that I've already started on the next season and so far things are going quite well. Have a great holiday and happy new year everyone and I will see you all in February. <laughs> <laughs>